for me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt, or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Welcome to Your Next Step. We're so glad you're here. I'm Pastor Doug McCoy from The Church Next Door. Pastor Doyle Jackson is with us. Great to be with you, Pastor Doyle. I'm excited about this because we're starting a new series today. It's a lot of fun. We're beginning to talk about the great hope we have, and the first part of that great hope is the cross. Now, the cross is something we're so familiar with it, we can overlook its It's importance. It's true. We see it. We use it to mark things along the highway. Maybe where someone uh, lost their life, you know, we put it on a hilltop. But the the question is, is, you know, what was the purpose of the cross? And we want to dive into that today and, and really look at that. Before we get into the cross, though, we have a special invitation for everybody yes. that's here with us today. Yeah, I hope that if you're listening to my voice right now, that you will consider, it's the first of the month, consider fasting and praying with us on the first Monday. So Monday's coming up, and what I want you to do is to give up breakfast and lunch. That's right, you're not going to eat. You can uh, have something to drink, humble yourself before God, and pray for our nation. Here at the church next door, we take the first Monday to fast and pray for our nation. But we're praying that we as Christians will be humble before God. And in Isaiah 58, 6, it says, is this not the fast I've chosen? The, the fast to break the bonds of sin and wickedness. And, and that's why we want to do it. And so if the church, okay, will humble themselves and fast and pray, I believe that God will do something in our land. Don't, don't worry about the elections. I mean, do, but you know what I'm saying. The answer is the church. It says if we'll humble ourselves and pray, and that's what we want them to do today. So I'm looking forward to what's going to come out of this fast that we're going to do here in a couple of days and every first Monday for the rest of the year. I'm also looking forward to what we're going to receive in this message, though. So let's get to it. This is Great Hope, the Cross. Let me first tell you about the cross in my life. Uh, In my life, the cross of Jesus Christ has constantly been a reminder to me that, that God loves me, that I'm valuable, and that He came for me. So whenever I see a cross, I see that God loves me, okay, that I'm valuable. Now, on the other side of that is the cross has taught me what it means to follow Jesus. Now, let me, let me just give you a few examples, because a lot of people, they get confused on why the cross is so important to the body of Christ. The cross is the challenge for me to live a godly life. Every time I see the cross, I see that, that Jesus came into this world. He, he walked among us. He knows how brutal, how cruel, how unkind this world can be. And he challenges me to live in the shadow of the cross every day as I live in the world around me. So as a, as a young teenager, as a Christ follower, the cross helped me make decisions about what I would do and would not do. And I would carry my cross. Let me give you a practical example there. I remember as a teenager when, when I, was, I was just 
praying and reading my Bible and talking with God, and I came to an awareness because of the cross, Jesus took my sin that I might have his righteousness, okay? That's what he did on the cross. He took my sin that I might have the breastplate of righteousness. So it challenged me to think about what movies I watched, what songs I listened to. And as a teenager, I remember my friends calling and say, hey, let's go see such and such movie. And I would do my little evaluation in my heart, and I'd go, nope, probably can't do that. Thank you for the invite. Now, they didn't need to know why I wasn't going, but I, I recognized that if Jesus Christ is going to go to the cross to set me from my sins, then I need to live a holy life. And there are certain activities that are not consistent with the cross. I remember when um, I went through a period of, of shame, that uh, no, rejection. Shame's a different one that I struggle with. But, but uh, when I went through rejection from a group of people, and I was so hurt that this relationship would come to an end. And I looked at the cross, and, and I knew that, that Jesus experienced shame that I might be accepted by God. And so I, I, I could come to myself and say, no, Lord, because of the cross of Jesus Christ, I know that you value me, and it doesn't matter if they reject me, okay? In school, I was ashamed. I failed a course. And I was ashamed, and I went to the cross of Jesus Christ. I, I, I had to break a curse over my life because I had believed a lie. I accepted a lie that was spoken over my life, and, and I was cursed that I, I would have struggle in learning and education. And I went to the cross of Jesus Christ. I said, Lord, it says that, that, that you became a curse on a tree that I might be free from every curse. And I just break the hold of every one of those words spoken over my life. And God, with your help, with the power of Christ Jesus, I will get this right and I'll get this straight. And I worked really hard and he gave me the strength and I overcame in those areas. To accept the cross does not mean that you and I will not have some responsibility and some decisions to make. But let the cross be your measuring tool for how you live your life. The cross becomes your testimony and my testimony that we follow Jesus Christ. And the reason I need to unpack this with you today, the reason this is so important on my heart, is that there are people who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ that have made an assault on the truth of the cross. They've diminished the cross. They've devalued the cross in, in, our, in our world today. And I want you to know that if you abandon the cross, you're abandoning the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's, that's unacceptable, all right? So that's why I want to dive into this, okay? If you would, get out your notes, get out your app, follow along, take some notes. So let's do a real quick review in case you weren't with us last weekend and, and, and you just stepped into this. Last weekend, we talked about rising hope because Jesus rose from the dead, we have hope, all right? We looked at this key verse from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Look at it with me if you will. I'll read it. You just, just watch along. It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. That means that your heavenly Father, 
through Christ Jesus, has given you and I a new life. Uh, and it's, it's a new life that's a living hope that it just continues to go on in your life. It continues on a continual basis to add value to your life and to give you hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, why is that important to us in our discussion today? There is no cross. I mean, if you have no resurrection, you can't have a resurrection without a cross. Now, last week we said there's three things that give, cause our hope to rise. One is the gospel, that Jesus was dead, dead, buried, and rose again. His death, burial, and resurrection is the gospel. It said right now we have a need for hope in the world in which we live. Every day you and I need to have hope because our world has been crazy. Is that a nice word? I don't know. But then we have this testimony of God throughout history of the world. God recognized the deep darkness in our world. He he recognizes it. And what does he do? He gives us a pathway through. God has always provided an answer for the sin and, and the twistedness and the evil of our world. He said, I will not let that stand and I will show up. That's the message. So you and I, even though our world seems crazy right now, this is what we know. God sees it and he's not given up on us. And every time we look at the cross, the cross is a reminder to you and I that he came, that he came for us. It's God's testimony in our life, okay? There's an old story about Woodrow Wilson. You will probably know Woodrow Wilson because he was the president. Well, he was the governor of New Jersey for a period of time, all right? And while he was the governor of New Jersey, one of his best friends was a senator. And unfortunately, that friend died. So they called the governor and they let him know, your friend has just died. In the midst of all of his grief and and all of his, you know, disappointment at the loss of this friend, he gets a phone call from a politician. He's governor. He expects that. He picks up the phone, he answers it, and and this politician says, I hear that the senator died, and I just want you to know, I would like to take his place. I mean, think about this. It's just moments after the event. So Woodrow Wilson ponders for just a second, and he says, well, I guess that would be all right. We'll have to check with the undertaker. What Woodrow Wilson understood is, if you want to go be buried out there, you can be buried out there. But he illustrates a principle. He illustrates the principle of the cross. Because what Jesus did was he volunteered to take our death that we might have life. And, And the confusion around the world in which we live is, is really strange to me. It's strange. Because I think the cross is the greatest testimony of how valuable we are to God. And yet, they've taken on all sorts of twisted understanding about it. And you and I need to embrace this. You know, when I look at the cross, can I also tell you, this is what I see. 
I see the sinfulness of our world. I see the brokenness and the evil in our world. I mean, in our culture, there's been a discussion for some time now around the idea of bullying, that it's inappropriate. And I'm not disagreeing with that, right? There's a brutality in the world that we don't like. And we say that it's wrong to bully people. Well, when you look at the cross, it's a testimony of that brokenness in our nature that we would bully one another. I mean, to, to, to call what Jesus went through on the cross an event of humanity's bullying the God who stepped into the world to take care of them is probably the kindest term I could ever put to that, isn't it? We have more resources for you at doylejackson.com. We will be right back with more Your Next Step. Pastor Doyle, we have a great free resource we want to share with our friends. It is a copy of your great message, Great Hope, The Cross. This is going to be a PDF digital download. If they go to doylejackson.com, give us their email, it'll be sent to them. What is the value of having that message on uh, PDF as well as hearing it through the radio? Well, I think we've talked about this before. I mean, number one, we learn things best when we get to see them, when we get to hear them, and somehow when we get to be kinetically involved with them, we get our hands involved. And and that's what we want our our friends to do, because you're partnering with us. You're listening, and, and we want to give this to you. And then I'm praying that you'll pray this prayer out loud. That's part of this lesson. Uh, we go through in this lesson the, the eight things that Christ provided on the cross. He provided forgiveness. He provided healing. He provided righteousness. I'm not going to give you all eight right now. Right. you got to go right. and get it, because if you begin to pray that aloud over your life, it'll transform the way you think about Jesus and the way you think about yourself, because it transforms us to confess that aloud. We're beginning to engage with what God is is doing when we start to, yep. to it's just like when you hear somebody quote a scripture and yep. you're like, well, I want to look it up. You're engaging even more. This is a chance to engage even more with the cross. So go to doylejackson.com, put in your email, you'll get this PDF. We believe it's going to bless your life. Let's continue with your next step. I mean, we read the New Testament account. The four Gospels all agree that the whole community rallied together to say, crucify him. Talk about, I mean, where were the voices shouting? No! See, the cross is a testimony of the evilness of humanity. The reason the early church preached the cross is because everybody knew how evil the world was. And we all agreed. It's true. And that's why when we come to the cross, we look at it, we say, I need to repent. Because there's, there's a bully inside of me. And only the cross can kill that in me that would behave in such an evil way. And I look at the cross and I know he came for me. Now, this is the problem. The church has always faced this tension because the world has not liked our message of the cross. 
So I want to show you how much pushback the church has always get gotten on this issue because I need you to understand this as you embrace the cross. You need to understand there are those that are going to oppose you and I saying, nope, I'm going to wear this cross proudly because it represents my Savior Jesus and God's love for me and the way I'm going to live in the midst of this evil, broken, bullying world, okay? So, when we talk about why is the cross necessary, it seems so harsh. It's because we killed him. The harshness is a testimony of the evilness within humanity. It's, it's, just, it's just proof that we're broken. Now, when Paul writes to the church at Galatia, he's trying to help them through because people are struggling over the cross. And he tries to explain it to them, all right? Excuse me, the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. For Christ did not send me to baptize. What's, what's, what's Paul saying? He's saying, listen, the goal was not for me to go get people wet. The goal was not for me to, to, to see how many people I can baptize so they can become a part of the fellowship. Is baptism good? Yes. Was Paul for baptism? Yes. But he's trying to say his number one objective, okay, is something else. It's to preach the cross. And that's what he says. Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with cleverness of speech. Now, you need to be careful because there are people that are going to try to, to, to somehow twist the cross into some sort of message of love, but they don't really believe in the cross. And that's what he's talking about. People that are trying to be clever, silver-tongued people, all right? He says, I don't have to be a great preacher. I just have to preach that Jesus was dead, buried, and rose again so that the cross of Christ would not be made of no effect. So if we, if we put flowery words, words around the cross and we somehow take away its effectiveness, no good. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, continually being transformed by the work of the cross. Because the being saved there means this. It's not just a one-time event. You say a prayer, but it's an ongoing. That's why I tried to express to you how the cross in my life has carried me through so many things. It's carried me through marriage and, and fatherhood and being a pastor because it teaches me. The cross was for me to teach me a new way to live. It is the power of God. So the cross is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the understanding of those who have understanding, I will confound. Now, Paul here is quoting the Old Testament. He's quoting the Hebrew Bible. He's quoting an ancient saying that the things of God are going to go contrary to the natural way of this world, to the wisdom of humanity. All world religions, when you break them down and study them, are a list of things that you must do to hopefully, possibly make things better. But none of them give you a guarantee. I challenge you, study them all. 
I spent years studying world religions. And religion makes a list of the things that you must do. So they're telling you that human effort will solve the problem. The gospel says that that will never work. And so that's why when you look at it in terms of human wisdom, and that's what religion says, but what Jesus came for and what the cross represents is that God stepped into this world because we needed a relationship with Him. And in so stepping into this world, we murdered Him. And by Him being murdered by us and breaking the hold over death through His resurrection, you and I give li- get life. And see, that's the, that is the, the mystery and the craziness of the cross. And so if we try to preach a Christianity that says something, just something like this, if we'll all grab hands, work together, we can fix the problems of this world, you need to know that is not Christianity. The the, the core value of Christianity is that God so loved the world that He sent His Son to die for us, and if we will accept that we are broken and that we need to break our attachment to the human answer and accept the God answer, then we can be saved. But we'll have to be obedient to Him. And He gets to set the standard for what's right and wrong because of the cross. It's the way it works. Justice just seems foolish to some people. And that's what you will hear from, from, from people today. And, and you need to know, it's not been a new saying. It's, it's nothing new. People look at the cross and they say, well, I just don't know how that's fair. I don't know how it's fair that, that, that Jesus dying on a cross should, should mean that I get to, to go free. But yet, you're okay if someone else pays for your dinner. You know, we, we, we believe in it all the time. Why do you think the lottery exists? I mean, think about the gazillion ways we're looking for someone else to pay for us. But we don't want God to pay for our sins. In Romans chapter 3, 26, Paul says, He did it to demonstrate His righteousness, the righteousness of God at this present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. So what, what Paul said and what the gospel says is that God... Jesus did this so that he would be just in punishing the sin, but he would also be the one who justifies us and gives us freedom. So he not only pays our account, he gives us new freedom. But you need to know it's nothing new to oppose the cross. It's nothing new to oppose God's solution, right? Remember the Garden of Eden? Very first chapters of God's testimony among us. He puts them in a beautiful place. He says, I would like for you to do this and this, but whatever you do, don't do this. Don't eat of this tree. And Satan comes and he says, did God really say? He questions God's character. He questions God's answer to the world that he's created and his relationship with us. Satan will always do that. And we buy into it. We buy into say, well, you mean I'm going to be smarter than everybody else if I bite into this? I'll have knowledge that that makes me like a God? Well, I I want to have this kind of knowledge. It's called disobedience. 
Remember the story? It's Jesus. He's with the disciples. He's talking to them. He's teaching. And, and, and they start talking, and he hears them talking, and he hears that there's rumors about who he is. He says, well, tell me about this. And they say, well, some people think that you're Elijah. Come back to life. Some people think that you're John the Baptist, risen from the dead. And Jesus looks at his disciples. He says, well, who do you say that I am? See, this is the core question that you and I have to answer, isn't it? Who do you say Jesus is? Well, Peter, he raises his hand, I guess. I don't know. He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, gold star Pete, you got it right. Good job, my friend. Then Jesus says, I will build my church and my church will not lose, man. We're going to prevail against the gates of hell. On this principle, Peter, this principle that I am the Messiah. You have been listening to Great Hope, The Cross, here on Your Next Step. Pastor Doyle, they can not just listen to this message, they can also read this message if they'd like. Yeah, if they would like to, we, we have a great resource for them. It's, it's called Great Hope, The Cross, and if they just go to my website, uh, doylejackson.com, it's right there. And if you'll give us your email, uh, you'll help us because we can make you part of the ministry. We want you to be a part of the Church Next Door family. And so we'll send you ministry updates, but you can get this free resource right there. Yeah, and that's why we want the email, not to uh, spam you or sell you. But oh, no. We want to have a connection with you. We have made connections with uh, lots of uh, people yeah. who've listened to the radio. We've become friends. We would love you to be our friend as well. So go to doylejackson.com. Give us your email address. You can download Great Hope the Cross. You'll see these eight phrases that Jesus was punished, that we might be forgiven, and uh, all the other promises God has fulfilled in the cross. Really hope you will uh, go to Doyle jackson.com and download that yeah the other thing is that you know every one of our our programs is also a podcast and a radio program so if you listen on the radio you miss something you can go to any podcast platform and look up your next step and what's great about it is um if you subscribe it helps us we've had over thirty thousand downloads of your next step and we want you to be a part of that if you can or even share with other people one good thing that i do in my ministry is someone comes and says here's the issue i say well this video has got a solution and i can just hand that you can hand these these podcasts these episodes off to other people as well so thank you once again for being here for great hope the cross please go to doylejackson.com and find the other resources we have there for you and then come back next time because we're going to be back with more your next step Your Next Step with Doyle Jackson is a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued, but to help keep us on the air, visit doylejackson.com and click Give. That's doylejackson.com. You can also send a check to The Church Next Door. Our address is 5755 Fetter Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Again, that's 5755 F-E-D-E-R Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Please put radio in the memo line. Lastly, if you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. I'm Pastor Doug, and Pastor Doyle and I would love to see you next time for your next step.